Just a quick word of warning before we get going that the following podcast will almost certainly contain spoilers and may also contain strong language and conversations of an adult nature. Hello and welcome to episode 38 of Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast giving a second chance to films that might not deserve them. I'm Mitch Bain, I'm a horror writer and an occasional doer of musical things. And I'm Andy Stewart. Back in the day I used to make oopy gloopy films. <laughs> and now I'd make podcasts. And uh, joining us today, uh, she's director of films such as The Herd, it's Melanie Light. Mel, hello. Hello. How hello, are you? Hello, Mel. Hello, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very well, thank you. How are yourselves? Good, good. Pretty good, yeah, yeah. All the better for uh, watching Street Trash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, hey, you do not have to apologise to me for this. Uh, this is uh, this is me every day. <laughs> um, uh, first watch for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so obviously you've chosen Street Trash. Why? <laughs> um, Explain okay. yourself. Uh, okay, yeah. I mean, I think some people would be quite surprised knowing who I am and why I chose Street Trash. Incidentally, the story of like how I actually came across Street Trash when I first actually saw it was um, I found it on VHS outside a kind of like crappy little secondhand place like in 2001 or two or something something around then and uh and I bought it and I went home so I've got a bit a few VHS I like watching my VHSs and I watched it and I was just like this is fucking horrific and awful but I love it um and I can I'm like I still don't know why I really like it because it's so fucking bad but yeah <laughs> and then incidentally my parents were away once and a band called Raging Speedhorn needed oh, somewhere oh, to yeah. stay and they stayed around my house and then the guitar, I gave my, I was drunk and I gave my copy of VHS copy of Street Trash away to the guitarist because he was a big fan. I wish really? I never did that. Oh, oh, fuck, yeah. Maybe we can get that back for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, keep this, a, we'll keep this VHS of Street Trash moving. Fucking, what a dickhead thing to do. Like, giving away a really good... You know, a cult classic on VHS. So stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Mel, I don't know if you've listened before, but um, we do make everyone do one thing before we start, which is that um, Andy's going to put 30 seconds on the clock. I'm going to count you in, and we're going to need you to give us your best 30-second synopsis of Street Trash. Okay. Okay? (laughs) Right. Uh, Have we got the time on the clock? Yeah, yeah, sure. You good to go? Yep. Okay, three, two, one, go. Okay, Street Trash is a uh, 80s movie which is about a dodgy liquor store owner who finds a really old bottle of a drink called Viper and when the local homeless people start drinking it, they start melting and exploding from drinking the drink and a dodgy copper goes around trying to investigate what's going on. 
Yep, that'll do. Seven seconds left. Nicely done. Finish with time to spare. <laughs> yep, right in the probably top ten, I'd say. <laughs> definitely, definitely. I know that I know that you do these thirty second things, and I was like, okay, okay, I've got to pull this off. Okay, and I've been going around with it in my head as well. And then I thought, actually, it's quite simple. So, yeah. And I thought, don't get flustered, just stay cool. <laughs> I think that um, the the main thing that people get wrong when they do that is they spend way too long on scene setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Got a lot in there, but uh, crucially no mention of Bronson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, which I'm sure we'll get to. Yeah. I'm just going to come right out of the gate and say I love this film. Um, and I think I'm in the same boat as Mel, that there's so much problematic stuff in it that you kind of go, uh, should I really love this now? But I kind of can't help myself. I mean, it's pretty much reprehensible in almost every way. But yeah. it's also got some weirdly committed performances in it. Like, it's really very funny a lot of the time and yeah it's occasionally actually very well made yeah <laughs> and it, like the soundtrack as well like when there's like really dark moments it's like got really kind of like cheery kind of <laughs> music is the black humor in it is like the, like the comedy is just like really dark it's really dark that it's happened just... that i had that a few times like when something really terrible was unfolding and the score choice i was like is this being played for laughs it's kind of like rum pa pom yeah and it's just like this is a really horrific thing happening right now and it's just like, yeah, duh, 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 duh. And it's like, oh, you're fucking with my brain too much here. This is like, this is like, why? Because I don't, they're not intentionally making light of the situation, I think. It's just like, I don't know. It's like almost like these homeless, this group of homeless people were kind of just surviving in, you know, in, I mean, it, Los Angeles, I guess, um, which is, you know, the homeless situation yeah, I think it's, now. I think it's Brooklyn. Is it Brooklyn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right, yeah. It's just because it looks really sunny as well, doesn't it? So it's just like really hot, kind of. Yeah, yeah, it probably is yeah, more New York-y. But, I mean, because I, I'm like, obviously I've done a lot of stuff with homeless people. Uh-huh. Um, and I've, you know, worked in shops when, like, people with drug habits have come in and come up with these elaborate stories so they can buy tinfoil off you for crack or... You know, so people do reach the bottom of their lives that they don't intentionally want to get to. And I think, you know, we see this side of, I mean, it's like, are they, they're mocking homeless people and like the portrayal of homeless people is just like kind of really awful. But then there is some people that are fucking awful. <laughs> and it's like, and it's just like, yeah, like, oh, it's just, yeah. <laughs> so fucking wrong like it it is weird that you see all that stuff kind of unfolding to stuff that sounds like the kind of creeping around music from (laughs) scooby-doo yeah yeah um but yeah i mean like let's jump in this uh this film sells crazy right out the gate really Uh uh-huh so we went fred instantly fred yeah uh he kind of looks like what you'd imagine the artful dodger to grow into um (laughs) but he is so dirty it's in fact everyone is so dirty to the point where it's it's laughable um but he has the cleanest hair (laughs) maybe his hair just looks really clean because it's like naturally greased itself so then it does look clean Mm. it's gone in a cycle i don't know (laughs) maybe apparently that happens Um. yeah (laughs) But um, yeah, he steals a bottle of booze and uh, hilarious foot chase ensues. It was one of those foot chases where just more and more people join in until there's like 10 people chasing them down the street and they're all get like varying kind of levels of tiredness. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite funny. <laughs> I like it. 
Well, it's like, you know, it's like, typical. I mean, everyone is like an exaggeration of the real, like a real human character, basically. So it's just like, I mean, right at the start, like when he's like, like sort of following the the guy into the store and then he bends over and farts and then then he, then he finds out that he's there because he goes, oh, and it's just like real, like, it's real like schoolboy humor kind of stuff with farts and then like, you know, cocks and stuff sort of flying around and it's like <laughs> literally. Uh, and that yeah, that's that you being quite literal there. Yeah, yeah literally. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just um oh it's just so wrong. So wrong, but like when they drink the drink as well and they're like you know, it's like every time they drink the drink, they they end up sitting on something because obviously that's the way they had something going on behind a wall or some no. sort of puppetry stuff going on with like yeah. when people explode and start melting, which is that toxic Avenger kind of thing where, you know, the first guy drinks the drinks and starts melting and all this like purple slime yeah. and green slime and all this gross slime is like all coming out of him and they're like, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> it's, it's so fucking grim and gross and it's just like and then they just melt into themselves and you're like what the fuck is that drink made out of like that's what i was saying. and why was but, it ever packaged as a drink well the liquor store owner just finds it you know he goes into the basement and there's a like old wooden box with this bits of straw and then it's all in there he's like hmm oh, i forgot about this uh i'll sell it for a dollar to all the like you know all the bums that come in sort of thing so it's just like <laughs> But it's, it's like hidden in the wall behind a nailed on panel in the wall. So it's like, it was never meant to be found. <laughs> yeah. But you know, he these people, they don't want to miss a buck. So it's like, yeah, oh, I can make money out of this. So that's why he's like the dodgy liquor store owner. It's just, but he gets his comeuppance as well. He so. He also looks like uh, the late Chaz Hodges from Chaz and Dave, that guy, the the guy that owns that shop. Yeah. To our transatlantic listeners, that's a very British reference. Uh, I would I would suggest listening to Chaz and Dave, but it won't make <laughs> it, it won't make the slightest like I said. Um, Eddie does a lot when he finds the uh, when he finds the bottle of ten and fly viper. Yeah. Uh, he does a lot of expositional talking to himself. Oh, I know you don't like that much. <laughs> it's a button of mine. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, but like, like the, it sets out its stop pretty quick. Yeah, do you like, know what else this film's got? There was a time where every kind of action film or comedy film in the eighties had scenes of people barging in on sex. Right, yeah. You don't really get that anymore. Like, but it was like I wouldn't, I wouldn't call any of it sex really in a way because majority of it is basically rape. So, oh yeah, or yeah, yeah. It's just certainly. Um, <laughs> or just attempted rape or like all the female characters are just like I mean there's a few lines when he's like where, like because Wendy's like our good person oh yeah, yeah and then like uh, you know when she's like helping out um, uh, what's Fred's Fra- brother called um, Kevin Kevin yeah so she's sort of like taking a shine to Kevin and she's sort of like you know and then her boss is like was it Schneiser, Schneisner or whatever? And he's just like, you know, makes a comment about you and your feminist ways and things like that. And then uh, there's another time when there's the police officer and the woman turns around and she's like, it's, you know, she makes a comment about like, just because it's a man, oh, then yeah. you're, you know, and it's so, it's interesting because there's a few comments in there that are to do with like social issues. And, and that's something that is just like, I think why people would be surprised that I like this film because of the way that. <laughs> Female characters are like used in this is just like absolutely kind of atrocious. Yeah, but then yeah, yeah, and but 
you know, there is comments in there to sort of like say that there's a reason why that they are like that and they are used like that because unfortunately in society that is the way that women are treated on a regular basis. And then, you know, when you've got like um, the Italian guy's girlfriend getting dragged off and all these guys, you know, yeah. somehow she's blacked out for so fucking long. And it's just like, and I'm just like, and watching it, I'm like, you wouldn't be that, you could, like, surely you would have come round and earlier, even mm-hmm. though you're that, you're drunk, you, could, you still wouldn't be that drunk. I don't know. I was just like, what the fuck? And then there's all <laughs> these guys just to see what's going on. They just let it happen. And yeah. it's just like, what the fuck like it's just and and the guy the italian guy is only annoyed about it because it's like she was his property it's yeah. not like he cares about her it's just like someone just took his property and used his property and it's just like that's so fucking dark what happens to her as well it's like oh, fucking it's so in it and it's just like and you're like oh it's just just when you think it couldn't get any worse it always does oh, yeah. like <laughs> I, I think that that's that that's that that's the kind of that's the kind of low point I think in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's when it really plummets to the depths. I think particularly even in in the aftermath of her death. Um, yeah, which is pretty bad. But certainly the woman that we meet early on here and during the uninterrupted sex scene appears to be the only one that is probably consensual uh, in the film. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and then you got her boss as well, and it's just like what the fuck. And it's like, but then it's almost like the way she behaves when her boss is like trying to fucking get his way with her and then he sort of like looks like he passes out and then he wakes up and it's like it's kind of sad because she almost just accepts his behavior as like something that's like just a like an everyday occurrence which unfortunately it is but she still sort of rises up and sort of like smacks him down for it as well and says you know you wouldn't be anything if I wasn't like running this fucking place and stuff. And it's just like, and he makes a comment about her being Florence Nightingale and shit. And it's just yeah. like, oh my God. <laughs> in a film that is absolutely teeming with unlikable characters, I think that Schneider is the worst, potentially. Yeah. yeah. Well, you sort of, it's interesting as well because they touch on the subject matter of like Vietnam and like, Bron- I mean, you've got, like you said, with Bronson, who's like, Bronson's this kind of like, the gap like this big leader and they all live in this like sort of like car Setting. like re- yeah like car wreckage yard and he's got this area and he's got all his like all his men that are kind of part of his team and then he's got his like female who's like runs his accounts um, <laughs> yeah the business affairs yeah that's weird yeah you don't see her doing much in the way of business management um, yeah. she has a, a quite a frankly terrible life it appears there's there's hardly any payroll administration at all no yeah no, no. yeah because it because there's the comment is this yeah uh and then so he's like this ex-vietnam guy who's like completely fucking broken and then you got um fred and kevin who make a comment about like how their dad was you know they had to kind of run away because of it their dad was in the vietnam war as yeah. well so i think there's a lot of you know i think especially for you know, we didn't grow up in America, so we didn't have that as much as they did to deal with. And it was quite a big deal. Like, a lot of people on the streets are ex-like, you know, war guys, and they have, you know, got mental health problems, and they don't, you know, you could see that they're, they're, they're talking about this society where people aren't getting helped after they've been through this war uh-huh. and they've got this trauma going on and that you know Bronson is that person he's ended up like 
running this whole kind of strange fucked up kind of gang leader with his like weird throne chair that's like built up on this pile of fucking smashed up cars and they all live in like these little cars and stuff like I love like the whole way that is all being designed with like their little areas and you know where you've got the guys who you go in through the car and then you're inside their kind of den within yeah. Yeah. the pile of cars which almost reminds me a bit of the den of the crack fox in the mighty booth <laughs> um, yeah. you were getting real uh, post-apocalyptic vibes from everyone yeah i thought I, th- I thought that there was a little bit of a kind of mad max thing kind of feel uh, especially to the to the junkyard and stuff it looks really dystopian yeah Everyone looks like they've been through some kind of massive cataclysmic event. Yeah, I do. Like everyone is like so filthy that they all kind of look like they've just like stumbled from the wreckage of a nuclear blast. <laughs> yeah, but I think no. Like I mean, when you see you know some of the the slums and like just the 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 state of some homeless people and the yeah. way they live. I mean, I just saw a guy today when I popped out who was like in a trash can pulling out some some bags and stuff, like, just trying to find food and shit. And, like, the state of his trousers, I noticed, like, were just fucking disgusting. And I've done, like, I had to clean out, like, this homeless place, like, after I helped over at Christmas. And I found, like, a pair of trousers that were just, like, covered in shit and piss. And I was, like, nearly vomiting having to put them in the bin. So it's, like, unfortunately, like... People don't end up, you know, there's not always their own fault that they're in those positions. And it is like a fight for survival. And I think we do get that through all our characters. It is them trying to survive in this like fucking shitty world that they're they're all in. Like they're all out against each other. I mean, you kind of do see Fred, you know, when his mate gets sort of knocked out towards the end because he's trying to get the guy to drink the bottle of Viper because he wants him, because he's figured out what it does and (laughs) he wants him to die, you know, and it's just like, and the comments that he makes about, you know, no one's going to care about you um, is very relevant to today as well. Yeah, that's really harsh, that. Yeah, so it's just like, I think there is like actually like some sort of like interest in undertones and political kind of undertones within this movie that just shows, I mean, that was, what was it? When was it made? Like 86, came out in 87. 86. So it's like, you can just see everything going on. Apart from obviously a drink that people are drinking and then they start fucking melting into purple and blue and green (laughs) slime and exploding (laughs) That doesn't happen on a regular basis unless we just don't know about it. Um, <laughs> I think it is quite relevant and it's, you know, you could see it's kind of is super offensive, but they are still getting some interesting points out there. Like Bronson, when he has his like Vietnam flashbacks and shit and wakes up screaming and then freaking out and saying like nobody was on watch, but they're not watching. They can't be watching his dreams, can they? So <laughs> yeah. it was just his dream that woke him up, not somebody you know so it's, it's there's a lot going on in there but you kind of have to really between read between the lines through the whole because it's kind of got a very campness to it as well so mm, I, think, I would say that's very much fair <laughs> yeah but it, it just gets darker it's just like fucking hell like like when it got to when i first saw it and then it suddenly got to like the fucking woman's body like just dumped there and then like fucking after he's schneiser whatever his name is had like just been trying to like attempt to, to rape his like the woman that works for him and he's obviously like feeling horny and then he finds like fucking washed up dumped naked woman's body and he's like oh well you know 
just thinks, oh, naked woman, doesn't matter that she's dead and like she's been like gang raped by all the fucking homeless guys because she's just been sort of like she was dragged to the place because mm-hmm. she was blacked out basically. And then it, it isn't even worse that you've just been gang raped and killed. Then this fucking piece of shit guy just decides to fuck you whilst you're dead. It's just like, what the fuck? And it's like, and then you find out, you know, he's got syphilis and I'm like, I, I just want him to drink the bottle and die and explode as well. Like, it's just like, at least he's got a fucking disease. Cause yeah. then I'm like, it's good because you do then like the guys start dying and you're like, thank fuck for that. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think uh, pretty quickly all your kind of reprehensible characters, you've got guys in there like Wizzy and like Frank Schneiser and like, I would say, I would even put Wynette in there, although I feel like she's more a victim than anything else. But yeah. uh, I mean, I think it's you start to see all of these people get their, their comeuppance. And I was thinking while we were watching it again, I was like, why is all this happening again? And I forgot, oh yeah, $3. Yeah. <laughs> Everything about the film is an attempt to get back three dollars that was stolen. Yeah. Yeah, but three dollars is fucking shitloads of money when you don't have any money, you know. And it's like also like there isn't much go- they haven't got anything going on in their lives apart from surviving each day is a like a form of survival. Any form of entertainment. Like when the bloke like obviously a lot like like there's a bit where a guy takes a piss and it starts pissing on Bronson so he just cuts his cock off um, but the guy who like gets his cut his his cock's just been cut off but he can still run around like chasing it as they're throwing it around to each other and it's just like <laughs> at, at the, and then and then like he's trying to get a taxi and he can't get a taxi. And then he's hanging off the back of the school bus with all these children in it screaming. And he's like, try, obviously trying to get to hospital so he can get his cock sewn back on. But he probably that would probably never happen. Probably. Because it, yeah, but he wouldn't be able to get his cock sewn back on because he's not going to have medical insurance, is he? That's, well, that's, true. that's true, yeah. yeah. But that, I, could, <laughs> I could talk about that scene alone that's, for about three hours. That sequence is fucking crackers, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> But again, like possibly my favorite of the fucking weird score choices is in that scene, and it's like uh, when it's like boogie woogie, like ragtime piano. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like it's just like these close-up shots of this like cock, like just like flying through the air, and you're just like the dog's gonna eat it, the dog's gonna eat it, the dog's gonna eat it. Like, whole time, like dog's gonna eat it, and then like. And then, like, uh, what was her name again? Winnetta. Winnetta, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then she catches it, and then she's got a little toy, and she puts it under a little toy, like, oh, I've got a penis. <laughs> uh, and then, then, like, Bronson looks over at her, and she kind of pulls it out and just, like, has to throw it and, like, get rid of it, like, and be part of the game. And she's, like, really disappointed because she had to throw the penis away. And she's, like, oh. And game, <laughs> game is an important word because they are essentially playing, like, piggy in the middle with this poor guy. Yeah. Uh, and he... He, there's a bit where he's like he's screaming something like get it on ice put it on ice he also says give me back my property at one point as well which I think is a really funny choice <laughs> but I could watch and it. then you got all the guys up there all like jumping about and laughing and watching as well it's like I bet that was like that would have been their highlight for like the whole week and they would t- would, would have just kept talking about oh, do you remember when Sozo's got his cock cut off and we were all like throwing it around and then he ended up like going to hospital on the back of his children's school bus. <laughs> he takes he t- actually takes his cock getting cut off quite well. Like he he just kind of goes, huh, hmm, and then he's like, oh, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, and he's like, he's not really in any pain because it's yeah, like he's... he's still running around chasing everyone, trying to get his cock back. But still, yeah, he's more he's more perturbed than in agony. I would yeah, say he's, he's <laughs> like, put out. He's he's aggrieved. <laughs> aggrieved. Yeah. Uh, maybe ha- it's just like it, maybe because he was so focused on getting his cock back, he forgot about how much it really hurt. I think that must That's be true. It. Yeah. Uh, during the making, they had three different cock props for that scene, um, and they were nicknamed one. Uh, they were nicknamed due to their size. And there was the pecker, the poker, and the packer, um, <laughs> which is what they were uh, invariably referred to, which I think I think is quite lovely. <laughs> oh, I'd be interested in what Mitch has to say about it because he'd only just seen it for the first time today. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I could, as a man watching you watch it, it was a treat. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I um, uh, I mean, I I I liked it. Like is a weird word, I think. But I got a decent amount out of it, and <laughs> I think like um, I'm kind of I was kind of interested to hear your take on kind of like how the film kind of grinds the uh, grounds the more problematic stuff that it does, and kind of like I think that you have to get a, like you're watching reprehensible characters mm-hmm. kind of doing reprehensible things for whatever reason and as a byproduct of whatever circumstance. But I think that like um, it's unlike anything I've ever seen, certainly. <laughs> um and i think like and i did I, I came away from it thinking that yeah it was pretty good i uh it's 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 one of the it's one of the stranger ones that i think uh that we've done that, that's great <laughs> totally, totally. Can, we, can we talk a little bit about the scene um where burke goes shopping uh, oh right yeah 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 yeah. when he just like casually he's like i'm gonna do a chicken barbecue and they're all like yeah and the other guy's like i'm like like kevin's like i ain't eating any of that chicken and i'm like yes but, uh, <laughs> and uh yeah when he goes in the supermarket and he's just like doo, 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 and he just opens the jar tests it mm, that's nice just puts it in his pocket and then like just goes around just filling up but like it's just so over the top and then you've got the little old granny going i've just seen you stealing stuff i'm gonna go and tell on you and then like he picks up a receipt which is all of dog, dog food, food yeah. and like pretends that he'd brought all the food that's all down his trousers and then there's just like this gross piece of like chicken just oh it's so he, so gross. But they had their barbecue though. Yeah, they do, they get it, yeah. The, but, in fairness, he has a fair amount in there. That that scene is out and out played for laughs. Like that's the most out and out comedic scene in it, I think. Like the way like the way that it's pitched. But see like the the um I genuinely like I see when he his exit from that scene where he puts the shopping bag over his head and battles right through the glass window. <laughs> I I genuinely uh, uh, screamed the fucking house down when that happened. <laughs> Absolutely so brilliant. Absolutely. I know, we were talking about this actually. We were saying that like there's a there's a few really really good performances from minor characters or tangential characters in this film, and I think that Bert's one of the one of the best. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's definitely yeah. He's really good, but he's also you know he's like a kind of innocent as well, which I really like about him because he's like sort of just their friend. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's out and he's like, I'm going to make a barbecue for us all. You know, he like just totally means well and stuff, and it's like, and and also like what they did with his costume just looked fucking great. Like, he's he's wearing the gas mask. Like when they're all there, like cleaning the windows. Uh-huh. I think that was like a really interesting representation of like because you still get people. We have it in yeah. the UK, and it's probably in you know various other countries in Europe and stuff. And I know it's in America. Like you do get those window cleaning people. Um, I mean, obviously in the movie, it's like totally ramped up and over the top 
to what actually is going on, you know. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, if I have money or a few quid in my car, I do let those people clean, my, you know, I let people clean my windows. Sometimes they're not actually that clean afterwards. Um, <laughs> but it's their way, you know, they've yeah. just got their, it, it, it's their way of feeling like they're still working. And it's interesting because then we have like that posh couple in the car and the women like, don't let him do it. Don't let him do it. Don't let him do it. Like, sort he's, of like, he's touching the car. He's touching the car, darling. Stop him ah, touching the car. Ah, sort of thing. And it's just like, and I think that's really interesting because that is the way that like these like rich white people look at homeless people and are just like, they're scum. Like, I don't want them touching my car. Yeah. Don't let them do it. And then Bronson comes along and just like fucking <laughs> mashes the guy through the car. And then he just walks off and just goes, Weekend Warriors. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Um, I, am, uh, I love in that sequence, see when he pulls him out of the window and he battles him through the windshield, I love the fact that you see it from his perspective and there's glasses on the lens. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally for like a second and a half and it's so funny. Oh, that's fucking he's funny. just like, he's just like, he's so fucked up. It's just like, he's completely mentally ill. But we know that it's like if he he was probably never been like that until he went to like fight the Vietnam War, basically. So it's just like, and then obviously he's come back and he's still got his army of men going on, and it's like, and they're all fucking, they're kind of scared of him, but they still take the piss out of him, which I kind of like in a way, um, <laughs> and just sort of laugh. At, they all just laugh and mock at each other, but then you are as an individual surviving in that world you can't trust anybody so you're always out for yourself yeah um but it's just the fact that it's just like just nonchalantly he's just like fucking smashes doesn't even think about it you know smashes him into the car and then we get the introduction introduction of um our uh, hunky our hunk strongman kind of cop who <laughs> you know they make a comment of of just you know he's now just sort of like a bit of a pen pusher but he goes a bit rogue yeah, it sure does. Yeah, uh, and it's just like, and he's just—he's a bit of shit, actually. He's kind of like <laughs> really solving any problem, like any investigations, because then like the Italian's girlfriend gets kind of like basically kidnapped by Fred and taken back, and then sort of like gang raped by all the guys, and then a body gets dumped, and it's just like the cop doesn't really—it's just. You know, he kind of follows the mobster's footman or goon or whatever, beats the shit out of him, takes his gun, and then just, like, turns around to Fred and he's just like, oh, well, you know, well, don't worry about it sort of thing. And it's like, what? What? It's just, like, really confusing. That's such a good shout, though. Bill is such a shit cop. He's pretty ineffectual. Uh-huh. Um, one of my favourite characters, so there's a whole bunch of these, like you said, these tangential characters that I think are amazing. One of them is Roman, the, uh, the medical examiner. Oh, he's who, great. Who seems to just build kind of jaunty models out of corpses. He makes like <laughs> jaunty artworks. Yeah, he's got like he's got like a corpse that he's rearranged into like some kind of pose, and generally in the middle of this like very serious forensic conversation, he's like, "Hi, right, boys, look at this," and just pulls it back, and it's like pulls the curtain back on this yeah. skeleton that's been like posed. <laughs> he's good. Uh, he's uh, really good. The other cop, Jimmy, who turns up wearing the the Mickey Mouse vest. Oh yeah, he's great. <laughs> he's great. And it and it's just like, and then they're going around, and they've got this like they pick up um, what's his face uh. 
what was his name? The uh, bum that they pick up, like um, when they go around and they've got that van, and then they pick well, up the homeless yeah. guy, chuck him in the van, and it's just full of all the prostitutes that they've picked up off the street. Yeah, and it's just like, why are they going around with a van full of prostitutes? Like, <laughs> and it's just like, and then he's in there going, "All right, ladies," and he's like, stinks. <laughs> then, and then for some reason, one of the prostitutes like takes a fancy to him when <laughs> he would fucking sting yeah, and then right. he pisses himself and then they go and give him a shower and he's like I don't want a shower I don't want a shower and then he's all clean like proud of himself because he's all like clean and stuff and that's something I never got as well like <laughs> Wendy's with like Kevin Kevin would fucking stink that's like right. you're tell, telling me that like Wendy can't like she you know I know she makes a joke about how she swallowed her bogeys or something <laughs> like she's having like telling Kevin about something and he's just too busy looking at her panties. Yeah. And then like, and then, I mean, them two generally do like, like they do actually like each other, but then he would fucking stink. I was just like, how, what? Like I would make him have a fucking shower before doing anything with him. So yeah. gross. Yeah. I imagine his undercarriage is not the cleanest place in the world. Oh. That prostitute in the van is credited as receptive hooker in back of van. Oh my God. But it's just like, what the fuck? I mean, it's so, everything's so tongue in cheek as yeah, well. It's just yeah. like, you can't, like, you know, it's just like not serious. That's the thing. You can't go in there watching it and just say, like, what the fuck? You know, this is wrong. This is wrong. Like, this is wrong. Like, everything about it is completely wrong. Yeah. But, and you know it's wrong, but for some reason, you really like it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not, I would say another scene where I felt that way, um, but this might be pushing it too far. It's, the film makes these really big attempts to constantly push what you're expecting them to do. And when you think they're yeah. not going to do that, they do it or they do something completely off on a total tangent that's just as bad. Like you were talking about when, uh, when Bill the Cop, which is his credited name, <laughs> <laughs> beats up that, the goon in the garage and like uh -huh. dra drags him into the toilet and then like, Makes himself sick on the guy, like while the guy's lying on the ground. Yeah, that was a weird choice. It's like, oh fucking hell, man! Like, yeah, like because you think, mate. I think because you think he's gonna piss on him. Yeah. So they were like, hmm. Everyone's gonna think that, like, you know, usually people piss on each other, but then why don't we just do like, why don't we get him to like vomit? That you know, like in movies, I yeah. do that. Like, but Bron Bronson does that to, to Bill, does though. Do that, yeah, he? Yeah. he does do that to him later. But like, I can just imagine everyone just sitting there having an idea and going, no, 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 let's, let's, let's change it so we like vomit something. And he vomits this weird pink, fleshy looking stuff as well, which is just like, oh, what have you been eating? Yeah, um, yeah the, the vomit's really gross looking. It's like, it's like no vomit I've ever seen. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking great. It's gross. And then, of course, the guy just comes out the toilet because we have a lot of this all the time. You've got witnesses. And yeah, yeah, whenever yeah. there's a witness, they're just like, nah, you know, <laughs> just get on with their daily lives. And I think, like, you know, I mean, that's an interesting way of, like, people do just, like, walk over people or just, you know, it's just like you see a fight in the street or something. People do just walk on by because yeah, they don't like, want to get involved. And it's like, yeah. they, especially these guys have probably got hassle from the police all the time and they just see like, you know, I was a copper that did it and they're just like, he just comes out the toilet. Oh, well, never mind. It's just like, cops just beat this guy up and vomit on him. It's gross. I'm just going to get on with my daily whatever. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> one of the other like minor characters that I think absolutely bosses it is obviously like a lot of the third act of the film centers around uh, Nick Duran, the oh, mob the, guy, yeah, the mob guy, and yeah. uh, the rape and murder of his girlfriend or partner. Yeah, one guy uh, I think. See the doorman. Oh. Mm-hmm. James Lorenz from uh, Frankenhooker. Yeah, he's yeah. fucking brilliant. He, in this. Like, yeah, every second he's on screen, he's fucking inspired. I think in this, I love it. All of their yeah, exchanges are great. He's just this cheeky little shit, isn't he? And he's like, he, like he, they've got him outside eating a banana, and then like uh, just like watching all this going on. He doesn't give a shit. That's another thing, like, all these guys see this stuff, like, this bad stuff happening to this woman, and they just let it happen. And they're not thinking about that woman as a person and her life. They're just thinking about the fact that it's their boss's girlfriend and they don't like Mm -hmm. their boss yeah, sort of thing. And that's, like, fucking awful. But unfortunately, I see that as, like, a regular occurrence in everyday life as well. And then, yeah, and then you've got the bit, like... the. He's just in, you know, in the cop shop and he's just like being a cheeky little fucker. And he's like, you know, we can't protect you. But it's yeah. like, and he's like, what about witness protection? And they're like, no. And he's like, <laughs> and he sort of realizes how much shit he's in. And then obviously when it ends as well, and it's like, as you know, you've got those little bits before the credits That's and you're just, brilliant. and he's just, he's like, what is it he says like when he's like, something sliding off the guy, oh, the guy says something to him uh, Jaran says something to him just minutes before about uh, kiss, kiss my, my ring I'm gonna make you kiss my prick and then he's like uh, kiss your prick your prick's running down the it's stairs it's sliding down the stairs that's <laughs> it yeah. I, I feel like at the majority of the exchanges between Jaran and the doorman are improvised they, they they feel very improvised and I think it's all the better for it I don't know you just don't know like unless it, you know it's very witty writing, and I think a lot of the dialogue between, like, a lot of the characters is really witty as well. Like, just the the way they, like, someone to say something, and then someone's always got a comeback, which is, like, so much better. And I really love that sort of thing, because it is just, like, you know, when you're with the right group of people, you ca- that just flows as well. And I think that's why it's just quite dark in places because of the way people like everyone just treats each other like shit, basically. Like they're all rude to each other. They all call each other dicks. Like no one fucking is. I think the only person that is nice to anyone is Wendy. Yeah. Or Bob. And or Bob. Like Fred is kind of obviously he's like a, a protagonist, but then he's still like fucking a kind of part of me wanted him to, you know, you want him to I... get his. Because he fucking kidnapped that woman. Yeah, yeah. Fred's the, prota- Fred's the protagonist, but he's not a likable character. He's intensely unlikable. And the whole film, it's him kind of trying to get his hands on another bottle of Viper. And you're like, he's going to drink that Viper. He's going to drink it. Eventually, it's going to end with him drinking it. And it doesn't yeah. kind of turns out still turns out to be the kind of hero in a way see mel what you're saying about uh the dialogue in this film being really witty i i would agree i think there's some really sharp exchanges in it there are also some that are absolutely fucking baffling and like see like see towards the end there's like a massive like like um fred and kevin have this massive shouting match oh yeah Um, yeah and is it in that one where and i kind of for the life of me exactly remember what it is but i think he's like basically telling them to shut up but he's like, why don't you get a subscription to Nippon Knots magazine and put a sock in it or something like that? Well, again, that's and I was like, it's one of those things where it's like, it happens so fast that you're watching, like, keep watching. And I was like, the fuck did he just say? Again, no, that's a racist thing. He's making a, a comment about Wendy. Because oh. um, Kevin follows it up with something about don't bring her into this or something oh, like okay, that. Okay, right. Um, 
I was gonna say like I, so, that that it just it, it played off like absolute strong consciousness garbage to me. <laughs> and the whole film's filled with every possible thing that could potentially be inflammatory. In the dialogue alone, there's all manner of racial stuff getting thrown around. There's all manner of homophobic stuff getting thrown around. Uh, it really doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. Yeah, I think you kind of got a to a certain degree, like you say. I think you kind of just kind of got to realize that that's what you're watching. Yeah, and I think it pretty clearly yeah. becomes apparent yeah. that that's yeah. the case. Watching the film, within the first five minutes, you're going to know if it's for you or not. Yeah, that's true. You know what you're getting. Yeah, the, I, I, don't, I actually don't find the scenes, any of the scenes with Kevin and Fred particularly engaging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, I I, um, I, I find the relationship pretty pointless throughout, to be honest. It's thrown away. It really doesn't come back in any great way. It really doesn't have any bearing on how the story plays out. He doesn't seem to care particularly about Kevin as his brother. No, not at all. You don't, you like, without them saying that they were brothers and that, that you know, after that they'd left because of their dad, like, had been in Vietnam. But, you, yeah, you don't at all, don't seem that he's looking out. For, I mean, yeah, everyone looking out for themselves and stuff and trying to survive. But I think it just seems like they're just mates or something. Um, I think it's interesting, like, the film works, like, does so much work in grounding, like, you know, like, there's a lot of the Vietnam stuff, it's built into the backstory of a lot of characters, mm-hmm. and I think that, obviously, they do that with, like you say, they do that with uh, Fred and Kevin's dad, but I think that it's interesting and kind of strange that the film works so hard to ground their relationship in backstory, but there's nothing to develop it in the actual film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally get that. <laughs> You know, I think it's kind of a strange thing. Speaking of the Vietnam stuff, right? This is just more. This is kind of more less to do with the story, and more of a kind of technical thing. But see, um, when you get the flashbacks that Bronson has, yeah, Vietnam, those are really like look really ambitious in this film. I think it's a bold thing to do. It's yeah. like uh, the uh, have you ever seen the Exterminator? No, the Exterminator does something very similar, but it tries to put in all these kind of flashbacks to Vietnam and it's all just like footage, stock footage of helicopters and a lot of explosions and mm. corpses and this film does it as well it tries to rather than just kind of rely on the sound it tries to show you I don't know like I thought like by watching that like I, I think because I've been working a lot of productions and been on set quite a bit recently that I I will watch things when you're working on stuff you watch things in a different light because you are like how did they make that but uh, the Vietnam stuff is all at night time. <laughs> yeah. It's all smoke. It's all lighting. Uh, the bit where like things are blown up is just like, like I I didn't think I think that that you can easily recreate like mm-hmm. super easy and super cheap. Yeah. But I think it's bold that they even tr- in a film like this that they even tried. Oh, I don't know. I think it worked, and it worked within the context of like the way the rest of the movie work, like looks. Yeah. Because a lot of it is just it's all kind of like in only a couple of areas. You've just got yeah. a few streets. You have got back streets. Uh, obviously, like the major set pieces, like the the car wrecking yard, mm-hmm. and then you've got the liquor store, and then you've just got outside a restaurant, and you've got a little bit in a cop shop. So I think they kind of I'd be interested in I don't know what the budget was for all of it but most of the budget probably went on melting people <laughs> I would say that I would say that's probably true and uh, <laughs> after the first kind of there's kind of two two of the kind of bums if you like I don't like to really say that but I think that's what they're called no, throughout the film they are um, throughout there, yeah, yeah. They, they melt pretty quickly and then there's not really much viper stuff for quite a long period yeah there's quite yeah there's quite a long spell where it doesn't really happen and then everybody fucking drinks it It makes up for lost time in a crazy way (laughs) 
<laughs> well, I kind of, I kind of like that in a way because, and then it just bumps everybody off. <laughs> and some of them just... are spectacular. I think the the moment when the fat guy explodes, when he, he, yeah. he swells up and explodes, and it's just this torrent of acidic gore that eats through a car. Uh, it's just, it's <laughs> just that, fucking that was absolutely fucking magnificent. <laughs> The funny thing is, is like you've got like that set piece where you've got Fred on one side with his bottle and he's thinking about drinking it and he's sniffing it, and then you've got the other guy who like and you're they're separated by this like upturned kind of trash car. The guy whilst he's like bubbling up, he's like making so much noise, like <laughs> and Fred doesn't even notice until he like literally is about to explode, and it's like he's sitting there like. Mm. Shall I drink this? And next door to him's like, blah, 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 and he can't hear any of that. <laughs> like, and they're right next door to each other, and it's like, mm, da, 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 da. maybe I will drink this. Maybe I won't drink this. Da, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and it's just like, and then of course it's just like, and the guy just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and then just like the most spectacular fucking exploding body with like skin bits going everywhere, like. There wasn't so much goo with him in a way, was there? Like he just completely exploded. Whereas the other guy, like a few of them, like the first guy on the toilet, obviously yeah. they really went for it, and they had all the slime, and he slowly like melting into the toilet, <laughs> and it's just like the grossest thing ever. I mean, I remember the first time I watched that, I was just like, "Oh my god, this is so disgusting! This is so cool!" <laughs> it is. It is absolutely. Yeah. It's absolutely heinous. It really is. And um, I- I love the fact that it's that it is uh, all kind of day glow colours and like paint, mm. and, and I think it just adds a real kind of comic bookiness, which pulls you away from the disgustingness of it all a, a bit in a way that I quite find quite endearing. Rather than trying to be pure as hyper kind of realistic as possible, they're really ridiculous about it. Yeah, it's also tongue in cheek. Like the whole film is completely offensive. <laughs> Wizzy's death is probably the maybe the gooeyest. Well, no, I would say actually maybe Ed, the the liquor store owner, who for some reason drinks that drink. His death is a pretty pretty gooey one. But then there's a moment I really like when it cuts away from him when he's when he's dying, and then it cuts back to him a bit later, and it's just like they've obviously replaced him with an amputee, and, yeah. and the guy's kind of just. <laughs> It's just a kind of locked off shot, and you can just see him crawling away along the pavement. Uh huh. It was films like this that made that kind of made me want to do just be disgusting. But I think I don't know. I think my favorite one is the toilet guy at the beginning because right. it is just. I think it. Yeah, I like it when they. I don't know. They're all kind of like got their own ways of dying and melting, haven't they? Another good one is like Bronson's. Yeah, like oh, Bronson's death fucking amazing. And then when you've got that bit where it's like his animated head, uh-huh. like sort of thing it's just like like the way that like they had his body and it just fucking smashed it off and stuff and his head's just there it's just like that was pretty fucking cool actually so i remember when we're going into the standoff with that because like because because we spoke about this when we're watching it but like the kind of hunt and chase bit in that has a little bit of a feel of a slasher to it Oh, very much so and then but as it was kind of pulled towards that i was like i didn't really i kind of figured they were gonna he was gonna get killed but i was kind of like oh i wonder how they're gonna get him to drink the thing because that's what's been happening rather than him cracking the valve on a gas canister with a brick and then ripping his head clean off his shoulders so <laughs> <laughs> I, I was not ready for that but viper does play a part in his death doesn't uh thing um what's his face fred throws it in his face yeah yeah, yeah he burns up with it um but yeah he totally turns into like a jason Voorhees type character towards the end <laughs> where he's just like inhumanly strong 
and like yeah. he, he's jumping from like shelves and like <laughs> climbing up <laughs> stuff and all that. He's he's fucking crazy <laughs> by the end. He's an absolute menace. Yeah, but he had like yeah, his, it, it was nice that you did have a different form of death that wasn't just people melting actually. But he that, that was just so fucking good because it just ripped his ripped his whole fucking head off basically, and it was almost like a really clean kind of like. <laughs> kind of head you know because that fucking canister went through his chest and shit and you just got that clean line of where it just fucking blasted him into pieces basically <laughs> like ripped his head off hey, it's, it's 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 fucking brilliant it is fucking brilliant <laughs> and actually a very good animatronic head considering the, the obvious budgetary limitations yeah well that's probably where all the money went <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just buckets of slime i was gonna say a brightly colored slime and that head but I still think, like, I would say, like, I think what they did with the costumes and stuff, they did a really good job because they did look, they did look like their clothes were really nicely broken down. Like a lot of the times, like I always use like because I know how costume people do that, and sometimes people just like make it look dirty or something. So yeah. it's like, and I think the way they looked, like, like you said, it was like a comic book like kind of thing. It had that it's got that kind of hobo with a shotgun kind of like campness to it in a way as mm. well, which is like is this it in horror movies or anything like this, we just basically mock homeless people. So I think they did a really good job on like the design of it and the thought of like how it all looked like was really nicely done and then i mean i just looked up the director and what he's what else he's done and he's done some like really fucking big movies like not like a marvel or big fucking movies and it's just like that's pretty fucking cool that he made this street trashy thing which you know could (laughs) could end your career um (laughs) yeah (laughs) it being the most offensive fucking movie in the 80s um, I'm sure there's loads of others, but like just the way people t- talk to each other and the way like characters are treated and stuff is just so bad. But he went on to do another stuff. I noticed that Wendy only did like one other thing after that. And really? I thought she was quite good. At- yeah, I yeah, thought, I thought she, she was good. quite a good actor. Yeah, she's it just good. Seems a shame because she. I thought she was quite good, and I liked her character. So yeah, no, she, it, she's yeah. the only female character that's in any way rounded yeah and i guess the only other female character in the film that has any kind of arc at all is winnette and she's just the most probably the most tragic character in the whole film yeah like the way she's like she's just this frail skinny body and then she's wearing this bra that's way too big for her yeah like i found that like i was like that's a good fucking little thing that the costume department did i like the fact that they did that because you would just wear she's wearing this outfit which is like you know it's not sexy at all whatsoever it's probably all she could fucking get her hands on and it's like and she's all grimy and stuff but she's still just like you know she looks up to her glorious leader of bronson and just it's yeah they've got a fucked up relationship he's a total he's a total bastard to her like the whole way through it um and she's fucking terrified of him yeah Uh, but they all are they're all (laughs) terrified he's that typical like evil gang leader boss isn't he where everyone's just fucking terrified and will but then i think a lot of them like they they do stuff for him but then i think that if they do it'd be done really badly because they're all a bit shit at what they're (laughs) 
It's not like he's got like a really regimental like army or anything like that. Like they are like a bunch of guys who just, you know, they haven't really got anything going on, have they? So he's just, it's just, it's just so sad. Yeah, he doesn't. So... Yeah, but he doesn't run the dictatorship. No, no. no. And, uh, after his death, the film pretty much ends immediately with zero resolution. Yeah. Really. Very abrupt. And then you're just like, all oh, right, well, that's that's the end of that then. And then you get the the kind of the key, the scene that kind of intersperses the credits of uh, the doorman finally uh, tied up and at the mercy of Nick Duran and uh, him kind of getting Nick Duran to drink the Viper. Yeah, well, he just, yeah, 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 he does. Um, I cannot stress enough how much I love the end credits song to this film. Oh, the end credits song is amazing. You leapt out your chair. You went up vertically. (laughs) (laughs) When I realised what was about to happen, I was fucking thrilled. (laughs) So for anyone listening, and what I'll do is I'll actually put the whole song in its entirety at the end of this episode. But... uh, (laughs) Yeah, the, the the end song is uh, the character of Nick Duran, basically singing his character arc throughout the film. Yeah, um, in a in a in a kind of like a very like big eighties ballad style, and the song is called "We Do Things My Way," <laughs> and it's an absolute it's like, it's an absolute fucking triumph. I mean, I'd love to know, like, I'd love to have been a fly on the wall, like in post production or something. You know, how they chose the music and the compose, like how all of this came together you know because sometimes like obviously you might know what how you want your credits at the end that it can be planned or sometimes it might just have happened like they might have been doing music and just gone oh my god i've got this great idea why don't we do this you know it's just so i'd love to know like what happy accidents happened within this film and also like fact that like how they like someone even dreamt up the whole idea in the first place like <laughs> you're right I would, yeah. i'd be quite interested to be to have seen or like heard the meeting where the outcome was you know what we need it's like we need the character arc of a b-tier character <laughs> in song form <laughs> i would love it if the, if the actor just turned up with it and said i just put this together i just <laughs> thought i'd let you hear it i thought it was something quite fun yeah, <laughs> or just like even just like the meetings of just trying to sort this like get the film together like and then the guy sits on the toilet it's like people's imaginations are just think it's just fucking wild what yeah. people can come out with sometimes yeah. and it's just <laughs> yeah it is a love to hate movie and <laughs> I can guarantee lots of people oh, yeah. fucking I don't know like uh, the, uh, all I know is like everyone I know that has watched it fucking loves it hence why i gave the fucking vhs away which is really stupid because i was like oh my god you really love that movie that's awesome i love that movie too uh yeah you could have my vhs uh. i noticed that the end credits there was a lot of corporate sponsors involved like dunkin donuts and all that that must have also been an interesting conversation <laughs> god yeah so the rapper and then the killer and then a guy fucks her dead body Here's a big pile of money and donuts. It's just like it's just like fucking awful, but it's just like yeah, like I don't know. I guess things are. Who knows? Like I know that, like for instance, if you're making a movie or show in the UK, uh, all bad characters cannot have Apple phones or computers. <laughs> And really? like or Samson, yeah, we've been struggling on something now because it's all gang related. So 
everyone's just got nondescript shit phones because <laughs> none of the phone companies what would they don't want their their product with bad characters. Uh, okay. <laughs> kind of makes, so, kind of yeah, makes sense. That's fair. Yeah, like yeah. The, the guy doing like nefarious scheming on a Galaxy Note. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe someone just managed to blag load of free donuts one day and they said, look, 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 if you give us loads of donuts, we'll put your credit at the end of our movie. And they went, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> and then they watched it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very interested to open up the feedback section this week and see what the listeners make of this one as well. Oh, that, for sure. It's going to be really <clears throat> interesting. Yeah. And I think it's available on Shudder, actually. I think it's on Shudder. But I, I, yeah. I've said it already. I absolutely love this film. Um, this is one of the films, I'd say, probably between this and The Fly, uh, that, got, right. that got me into body horror stuff and melt movies. Um, two very different sides of the coin. Um, but uh, I, I've got a real, real soft spot for street trash. Uh, it's tongue-in-cheek it's reprehensible in every possible way but it's funny and it's it's just wonderful <laughs> um what i thought from like for watching it for the first time today i think that uh i i like say i liked it but i think that it probably took me maybe 20 25 minutes to really get a foothold on what i was watching <laughs> yeah. and, I th- and i think that but i think and i think that that's crucial i think that like um but once i did that i think it kind of uh, i i kind of let myself get kind of caught up in it would you suggest yeah. people watch it mitch um i wouldn't suggest that everyone watches it <laughs> like your mom <laughs> like yeah like uh no i won't be recommending this one to sheila bain but like uh but no um i would I, like I, I think it's worth seeing but i think that maybe educate yourself about what you're watching first uh, yeah. yeah 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 it's not to everybody's tastes like it is yeah you have to have like a strange little part of your brain that likes that sort of weird stuff yeah. i think yeah that can, <laughs> that can step back from uh the truly horrific things that you're seeing yeah absolutely and if you're easily offended don't watch it because yeah totally and i think also like the fact that like when it's like when like the like Schneisner, whatever his name is, decides to go and fucking like have sex with that woman's body, like basically an act of necrophilia, the music that plays during that scene is like it's a major head fuck because it is just like do 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 sort of so thing fucking as odd. he's gonna go and like rape a fucking woman's naked body just chucked on the side. The, and just like, and it's playing the most camp, like cheery music. It's really fucking weird. Yeah, the really mu- fucks with your head. The, the, <laughs> the, the music, the music choices in this film are a fucking Rubik's cube from start to finish. <laughs> like they, they really are. <laughs> I think, I think, I think that's that's something we can all agree on. Yeah. And what I would say though is, if you've ever wanted to see a bunch of homeless people playing uh, piggy in the middle with a severed cock. This might be the only film in existence that will satisfy that Man. that urge for you. <laughs> satisfy that urge. <laughs> They'll be like, at, at last. <laughs> this film speaks to me. <laughs> oh, I've always wanted to see a cock being thrown around in the sky. Yes. It's fucking wild. It's like a it's a weird idea that's even like even weirder in execution, but it is really funny. Last shot on the left. I've just put a, a fairly recently put out a street trash T-shirt. Um, that has the the cock flying across the top of it. Amazing. 
Mel, this was a this this was a really good pick. There is a lot of stuff to unpack, um, and I'm, I'm glad that we did. Is there anything that you are working on just now uh, that you'd like to talk about at all? At the moment, I've got a few things I'm trying to get off the ground. I sort of like been working with a producer on a kind of paranormal thriller, okay. which we're just trying to find a production company to kind of attach themselves to it right. so that we can get funded and make it. Who knows? You don't know. You think someone's interested, then they're not interested, and then they are. Uh, it's just like a roller coaster ride. Um, I've just found a writer for a period horror that I've wanted to do for a really long time. So Sweet. once I've got that script, I might try and shop that about. I've got an animal rights horror, which is based on a comic. So I've got um, a, there's a writer working on that for us at the moment, which I need to start shopping about as well. Um, and then I had a meeting about something that would be in the UK, but I haven't been sent the script yet. So basically, I'm just like trying to like w- break into making feature films because yeah. I feel like I'm totally ready to do that. Yeah. But yeah. it's super hard work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the hell, does that, is that available to watch for anyone now? Yeah, it is yeah. all over the internet. It's like uh, I have it on my website, um, which is www.melanielight.co.uk, um, and then it's on it's on Vimeo. It's on like the Fear House platform. Oh, of course, it's yeah. On, yeah, it's on a platform called Alter, um, which is like a gunpowder in the sky and um, kind of thing. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's everywhere. So loads of people. I made it downloadable so people could just like. Um, download it and put it up on a, anything. It's even on a pirate site, but yeah. it's free on the internet anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a while back, I received uh, a me- well, uh, I received a message saying, "So I went to Torrent Split, and uh, your film's on there." And I was like, "Oh, great!" <laughs> yeah, um, uh, I found that with um, uh, my band's second album. Oh, it's it, 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 it's on torrents heights and i was like god i mean like i like it can count on the fingers of one hand the people that listen to that thing it's like who's 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 illegally downloading it i bought a copy so i'm a suspect <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and that, that's another film uh the, the herd is another film that uh i would urge caution going into because it's quite unpleasant at points um the, I, I would say the parallels between the herd and street trash are practically non-existent it's like it's hard. Like you're like introduce your short film at a th- like a festival. Like I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, uh, yeah. sure. I've delivered. <laughs> I've delivered that same that same chat to people. I'm like, look, if you if you need to come up and hit me after it, then or whatever, then uh, feel free. Yeah. Mel, where can people keep up with you social media wise? Um, I have a Twitter account, uh, which is Miss Archeress Mel. Yeah. Um and then I have an Instagram which is also Miss Archer's Mel. Yeah. Yay. That's that Mel. That's us done. Cool. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. Uh always a pleasure to watch Street Trash. I love it. So uh I'm glad I got to watch Mitch watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for uh, bringing it into my life. I appreciate it. <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> Thank you for having me as oh, well. Really yeah. nice talking to you. Nice. So yeah, Street Trash, uh, one of the pooter taste efforts that we've had so far, but a really good chat and a really interesting film. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, think? I'm going to go with interesting. Cool. I just think, I, I just love it. It's, it's such an anarchic pile of madness that I just, it, it just, it, 
drives me crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and a big thank you, of course, to uh, the Herd director, Melanie Light, for bringing that one. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Mel. And uh, I guess we're done again. Uh-huh, another one down. There's a sadness to this for me, Mitch. What, when we get to this part? No, no, um, now that we've done Street Trash. Oh, as in where do we go from I, I, here? I don't know where I go from here. It feels, to me, it's got the sorrow of a final episode. Well, it's not a final episode. It'll better fucking not be. Is this how you're telling me? No, 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 right, okay, no, Okay, cool. No. I was going to say, about Bombshell! <laughs> well, where do we go from here? It's a difficult question to answer, but we will be answering it. Monday, 8am GMT with Minisode 38. Yes, indeed. And there'll be all the usual nonsense on there that you've come to expect and love yeah and that we have accrued some amount of shite over the over the weeks that the minisode is a beast unto itself these days <laughs> yeah. uh get in touch uh, ahead of then if you'd like to facebook and instagram strong language violent scenes you can tweet us as well at strong violent pc or email longer thoughts to strong language violent scenes at gmail.com yeah we can't promise it won't get lost in amongst all the emails that we're receiving on a weekly basis absolutely yeah 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 it's 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 absolutely out the door um but we'll do our best to get around to them our email like if we get an email we're on it in a fucking heartbeat man like emails coming into that inbox is like finding the Loch Ness monster <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, scarce as unicorns <laughs> it's a fucking joke yeah. um, but where can people listen to us uh, well Mitch uh, there's plenty of places uh, I'm sure you'd like to know what they are uh, yes please Stitcher mm-hmm. iTunes mm-hmm. Spotify yep Tune in. Uh-huh. Acast. Yeah. Podbean. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. like that one. Yeah, yeah. I like them too. They are our hosts and they are lovely. And uh, if you are listening to us in any of those platforms, go on and drop us a wee review or a like or a subscribe. Yeah, or just spread the word. Yeah, just really. tell your pals. Tell your pals to, to yeah. tell their pals and, and so on. So I guess we're just about done, but... No chatting chuds. No chatting chuds today. Playing us off. In its entirety. We do things my way from Mr. Nick Duran. Goodbye. Goodbye. Turn around, you prick, you! I'll bite your heart! You call me Mr. Durant! And listen to everything I say. Listen, because I am the man. And we do everything my way. If you didn't know it before, I'm sure you're gonna know it now. You better hear what I say. We do things my way, you're you. Kiss my ring, hey, do the right thing. Your face, you little scumbag. Listen good. I'll tell you one thing, kid. You're gonna be sleeping with the fish, you little fuck. And this ain't no gag. So, big mouth, what else could go wrong? For a real nice kid like you. Believe me now when I say we do things my way. <laughs> and now the last laugh is on you, my friend. So you can stop the bullshit, cause this is the
of your bruise. Let's toast to your hasty departure, cuz. <laughs> oh, what's this? I'm starting to ooze. You little creep. What's this fucking shit? What are you trying to start here? Your face. I'm gonna reshape. I'm gonna eat your fucking eyeballs like grapes. Oh God, oh, oh, oh Christ. Till this fucking day, we did things. Ah, my, my women. You've been listening to Strong Language and Violent Scenes with Andy Stewart and Mitch Bain. Strong Language and Violent Scenes theme by Mitch Bain. Production and artwork by Andy Stewart. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Podbean. <laughs>